0: Pirates, we are born, pirates we still pay. We live on our ship out on the sea. We rain the plunder everyone who gets in away.
1: That's what happens in, in every Pirates day. Buck Bros, welcome back. And it is actually the final episode as the Bucks reach the end of their season against the Cowboys. The Bucks couldn't make it out on top. Thirty-one fourteen is the final. I want to welcome back John, Zach, and Bryce to the podcast. Welcome back, Buck Bros, and welcome to the final episode.
2: Hey, Brocasters. I know we're all sad here at the Buck Bros for, you know, that disappointing defeat Monday night, uh, end of our season, end of the Buck season. Um, but, you know, not the way we did hope Tom Brady would possibly end his career as a Buccaneer, most likely. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, (laughs) We thought that was going to end last season, but it didn't. Um, But, yeah, just, um, just, you know, like any other fan base that loses a playoff game, it's a hard one to swallow. But, you know, here we are. And uh, I think there are things we definitely got to improve on in the offseason. But anytime we win our division and host a home playoff game, I I don't think you can call that a disappointing season.
1: I, I don't know about the season hype from what we were to what we got this season i would say that was a bit disappointing but let's focus on the cowboys for now i mean guys it was more of the same as we've seen all season inefficiencies on offense and some inexplicable defensive mishaps uh just following the games the quotes from todd bowles and the team just didn't seem like they had any answers what were your thoughts on the cowboys game
3: uh in terms of the coaching did we see anything different no, not not a thing. Nothing was different. I mean, that game could have been any game you saw from the Bucks all season. It was it was a horrible offensive play calling, uh, almost zero planning. You could tell um, we didn't scheme for anything. Our defense was basically just our playmakers making up for the fact that we had bad coverages. Um, We didn't cover the middle of the field at any point, so they were able to throw easy slants and get first downs as often as they wanted. Uh, The only reason we were still in the game at any point was because they had a record-breaking, terrible performance by their kicker. uh, Four missed extra points is the most in a playoff game in history. So it was just, they looked as bad as they possibly could have looked, and we let them beat us by three scores that way. It was just, it was exactly what we expected. I, I mean, I think we hoped for better and and being Buck fans, we kind of gassed ourselves up into maybe we could beat this Cowboys team, but this was exactly what the Bucks have been all season. And so as far as that's concerned, no, there wasn't any better coaching. And I mean, I'm not sure those of you at home who saw the original tweet that, you know, um, Byron Leftwich had been fired and celebrated only to find out that that was fake. And he is still being hired by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, if, I, if there was anything coaching wise that was different, it was that the defense looked worse than it's looked. I mean, it looked really bad to John's point. I don't know where guys were. I mean, as Gruden would have said, they were lost in space. I saw Sean Murphy bunting playing like left field on a third down, like just bailing out and giving up like 20 yards of space on an entire hash. They were just missing a ton of assignments. They were confused. Very often you would see them before a snap looking around trying to figure out the assignment. So I don't don't know what went into the preparation for it, but it was very disappointing. You know, when Jensen got activated and we found out he was going to start, I think there was extra hype. I was listening to Baby Keem and Meek Mill trying to get gassed up for this game. First possession, first two possessions on defense. You come out swing. We don't do shit on offense, but that's normal for the first three quarters. So I was very hyped early in that game. And then defensively, the wheels fall off. You know, the defense is out there a lot, but they've got to be used to that by now because the whole damn year has been that way. But they just looked really lost on defense. And then offensively, yeah, there's I don't know what the week of preparation looked like. Cause that that looked like every other week save, you know, the Atlanta, or not the Atlanta, the Carolina game in the second half, maybe. I mean, it just looked really bad. It's hard to have any confidence in his coaching staff. You know, John mentioned it. We all got really excited that Byron might be gone. That hasn't happened yet. I don't know how you keep either him or Todd. When Byron was a problem, they had a plan to get rid of him, allegedly, and they kept him. I don't know how much validity there is to that story anymore, but He's keeping them on the payroll. I I don't I don't like either of them at this point. It, the team looks like a shell of its former self.
3: You know, and it's interesting that you brought up Ryan Jensen and all the hype surrounding that. And as far as I was concerned, he looked bad. He looked very bad. He had some terrible snaps uh, that resulted in you know plays that went nowhere for Brady. He did get Brady sacked on two different occasions. He just perhaps even the coaches were a little bit more hyped up for Jensen's return than perhaps he, he was ready for. It just didn't look very good. He didn't look comfortable and
2: maybe we should have sat it. Maybe we should have gone with someone else. Yeah, but I think Jensen started out of necessity because Hainsey, um was hurt. So the coaching staff didn't really have an option, but to start, Jensen and of course he's going to look bad he hasn't played since the second day of training camp so to expect him to come in and play the capabilities that he is especially in a playoff game is um, a little short-sighted but yeah I mean you guys said it it, it's really just been a the game that we watched on Monday was a microcosm of this season Uh, everything that you know we've had issues with all season was the same thing that you know we saw on monday night right um you know defense out of assignment or you know blown coverages on the offensive side of the ball you know poor pass protection red zone inefficiencies you know really the game kind of changed and when with that brady interception in the red zone right it was six nothing we were marching down the field 14 plays 75 yards first and goal it's unfortunate that Brady couldn't get that pass to Julio on first and goal because they had blockers and that was a touchdown. Um, But Micah Parsons uh, blew that play up. And then I don't know what the hell the second play was on second and goal. They do a play action fake and, but the receivers look like they're out there blocking. Uh, I don't know what that play call was. And if there's any reason to fire Byron Leftwich, it would be that play alone. I don't know what that was, but. In any case, Brady uh, doesn't have time, tries to throw it out of the end zone, can't get it out of the end zone, gets picked off. Cowboys march it right down the field, take a two-score advantage, and that was the game, right? You know, so, um, Brady
3: looked awful after that pass and before it. He was throwing into windows that weren't there. He had several interceptions where he's lucky the defender had bricks for hands. That wasn't the only inter- – he – Oh, no doubt, yeah. I do mean, that Brady mean, was, was, was trying to throw it out of the back him. of the end zone.
2: Yeah, he was throwing behind receivers all game. That, that's probably, the you know, the worst playoff game I've seen Tom Brady ever play. Um, and maybe the clock struck midnight, you know, he's 45. Uh, at some point in time, you know, time always wins. So who knows? And from the, you know, his demeanor after the game and what he was saying to the media and, you know, his family being there, Seems like that unfortunately will be the last time we'll see Buck or sorry, we'll see Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform. So it's unfortunate that that's the way it had to end. But any Bucks fan that's watched this season probably knew, you know, the writing was on the wall that that's how it was going to end. And then, you know, for Byron Leftwich, you know, Scott Reynolds from PeterReport.com is the guy who's been writing and breaking the news that, you know, Byron. Is going to be let go, and there was discussions whether or not to let him go in the midseason. You know, he's been covering the Bucks for 20 plus years. I I trust his sources inside the Bucks organization to know that that probably will happen. But I'm on kind of get you know, on board with you know I don't know if Todd Bowles should stick around either.
3: What's he what's what is Todd Bowles contributing to this team? What did he contribute to this team prior to Brady's arrival? The, you got to remember these coaches predate the arrival of Tom Brady and our return to the postseason. And assume, what did they do before he was here? And and we're going to expect something different once Brady's gone. If Brady is really gone, then perhaps Zach was right. And it is time to clean house all the way top to bottom and start the rebuild all over. Uh, we're going to be in a tight cap spot. Um, obviously, you can play around with bonuses and things like that. But what do you need Todd Bowles for? If What did he
2: do before Brady's arrival that shows you that we should keep him around. I don't think he did anything this season to um, confirm that that he should, you know, he should have another, you know, he should be the long-term solution, right? Like, yes, he won the division, but he won the division at eight and nine in a terrible division. And every opportunity, you know, to to lose that division. And, you know, they're talking about him picking his own coaching staff. Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to change his philosophy as a conservative coach So what if he goes out and hires an offensive coordinator? Like, do we think he's gonna hire somebody who's gonna throw it all over the yard and be aggressive? I don't think so. I think he's gonna try to find somebody that fits his personality of run the ball and you know score enough points and let our defense handle theirs, right? And I don't know if that's really how you're gonna win in the NFL this, you know, for this time frame, right? Like those good teams have to score 30 plus points. You need to go find somebody who can coordinate an offense that allows you to get to that point.
1: Well, I think it's shown, you know, in terms of the Todd Bowles debate, um, he's not the type of coach who can be malleable with the players he has. He, in that's indicative of everything we've seen this season with the lack of adjustments on offense or defense or, or whatever have you we've looked like the same team throughout the season and when it hasn't been working, we've just stuck to it. And I think that's just kind of Todd Bowles mentality. And I also think, you know, going to an earlier point, he's just not, he he doesn't have the balls to do what's needed of a head coach. He, I don't think he's challenged once this season. Um, he doesn't go for it on fourth and short when we, No, we're not stopping the ball. He just, he's too conservative for today's NFL. So I think what we've seen, and it it showed up in the game, you know, he's saying that day one installs were being missed in a playoff game. Not only does he not adjust, but he doesn't even prepare the team for the scheme he has. So, yeah, I think everybody's kind of frustrated with, we, we knew we had the talent. We knew what worked in the past two years something about the coaching staff and the change that was made from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles changed this team into not even mediocrity, below mediocrity when we know we could have been so much
3: more.
2: Yeah, that fourth and three we had, um, was it the second quarter uh, when we were around midfield and he decided to punt? I knew then and there, I'm like, yeah, there's no way we're going to win this game. because defense isn't going to stop them. We're going to get, down to a three-score game, and that will be that. Um, yeah, it was, it's been frustrating to watch his decision-making all
0: season. The game has passed him by. Like, I, as, like, a head coach. Like, maybe when he was head coach with the Jets, that might have flown, and he just didn't have the roster. But here, it's just not it's not working. He's a DC. I think he's fine. Like, I, I think as a DC, he has the right mindset. Typically, I mean, I didn't see a ton of pressures but uh, chasing the game. But as a dc he'd be fine but he's not going to be a head coach that succeeds in this this era of the NFL just not i'm surprised i'm i'm really surprised that arians like his rhetoric when he stepped down was that like he wanted to leave the team in a position to succeed right like he he felt comfortable stepping away because he had confidence in the coaches and the and the roster i i don't buy that like at all anymore like i I don't know if maybe he saw something coming or he just wanted to get away, but that line it really rings hollow now because the team obviously was not set up to succeed. I understand he lose some linemen, but both sides of the ball look terrible and the offense is so predictable. I, I, I'm not sure how they can keep at much of that staff together and expect to see different results. I mean, past performance doesn't Dictate future results, but definitely informs it. So I don't know how you keep that coaching staff together. And then I, I think there's also criticism uh, for Jason Light as well. And we'll see what happens with the cap. As John said, we're going to free up about 25 mil right off of Brady's departure. But uh, I don't know. There's a lot of guys who are in contract years. I think Devin White, right, is in a contract year. So he might fall.
3: On Levante David, we do have to re-sign yeah. him. However, we have to eat thirty million of Tom Brady's contract. Yeah, I was going to
2: say, John, I, mm. I, I'm pretty sure that's dead cap space unless they re-sign him or um, extend him until the June period, um, and then at that point in time, uh, they can release him and it they wouldn't get the cap hit. So it will yep. take some maneuvering yeah, take if we're not going to get that dead cap hit. But I don't, you know. Must he stays with the team? I don't see that happening.
3: You know, and it, maybe this is a good transition for us to going forward and to looking at what we're we're going to be doing in this next season. But if we're going to avoid the the cap nightmare that we're going to roll into on what we've mortgaged for our future, we may want to be already on the phone with Tom Brady, convincing him to come back for one more. This is the last year of Mike Evans' contract in this go in this next season. Uh, We have a lot of players who are going into their last year of their contract and guys who are getting long in the tooth like Mike Evans who maybe don't have value in signing another contract. If we can get Brady to come in, stay for another year, pay him in a big bonus, pay some of these guys' as bonuses, and take one more shot with a new offensive coordinator or a new scheme, that might be worth it. But otherwise, you're going to see guys like Akeem Hicks, uh, Levante David, who – I I we all love Levante David, but he's not gonna be worth what he's gonna demand on the open market. He's just not anymore. He's an older player. He's been in the he's he's been on the team for more than 10 years. He just he doesn't perform the way he used to. And these guys like aren't gonna be there the way we need them to be for that kind of money. You're gonna see Julio probably walk if Brady is in here. You'll probably see Lenny go somewhere else. you you're gonna be starting from scratch unless you can convince someone like Brady to come back and take one more shot at it.
2: I just want to point out that Levante was an All-Pro consideration this year, so the man still has juice in his tank, um, and that's just me loving Levante. So just want to say, oh, that. I would love <laughs> to stay in a Bucks jersey forever. I'm not saying he shouldn't,
3: but if he wants to go out and get his money now that he's got his ring, I wouldn't hold that against him. Go out and get your money. Go, go get, go get paid. But if you're looking to get paid, I think we would be foolish to set him up with a long-term contract.
0: John, I actually, I mean, I agree that, like, Brady, getting Brady to come back is the only way you can reload. I just don't see us being able to get a free agent quarterback that's going to keep guys here, and the cap space is tight, so you can't overpay to bring guys in, so you don't get the ring chase discount that you might if you have Brady back. But when I saw Gage go down and Brady, the look in his eyes when Gage was receiving treatment, I don't think he's, playing next year that that looked like a man who was reassessing things and was like i am uh, no Damar almost died two weeks ago this guy's over here he can't get up because someone hit him in the neck so i i i saw a scared like shook brady uh i don't i don't think he comes back anywhere next year and if he comes back anywhere i think we're pretty low on the list for him because they're not unless he can find a way to convince changes in the staff i think he's very frustrated with the coaching staff. I, I mean, he's yelled at them multiple times throughout the year from the field. Like he's not hitting it. He's not happy. And the play has been terrible. So I'd, I'd be shocked if he comes back, but that's the only way you reload. Cause Derek Carr ain't going to get people to come here. You know what I mean? Like this is, that's the reality of it. So. Lamar might. Okay. But now you're mortgaging your future again, right? Cause <laughs> like you're going well, to say
2: Lamar would get people here, but that would oh. take a lot of, you know, we basically would have to give up everything to go get him, and then yeah. and then what? What if it doesn't work out, right? So, well,
3: what if Brady does go to Miami? Can we? Should we trade for Tua?
2: I don't know what Miami like. I feel like Miami would only take Brady if they realize, like, okay, Tua is one concussion away from you know his career being over, which he probably is. So why would we want to take that contract on for the same purpose, right? Um, to me personally, I think Brady is either going to go to, if he wants to play, and I'm kind of with you, Zach, I, I think he's retiring for good, yeah. but if he does come back, he's either going to go to a team that has a great offensive line and weapons. And I can only think of like one or two teams, Um, one of them being the Niners. And I don't know if they take him because obviously Brock Purdy's balling out and they still they have three quarterbacks, a lot in Trey Lance, but that's like the only team I could see. Other than that, if he's playing again, I, I honestly think Tampa probably will be it. And you'll see that kind of, Hey, we'll get you a left tackle. That isn't just Swiss cheese. We'll uh, you know, we'll, we'll get the run game fixed. We'll get you an offensive coordinator that you, you know, maybe Bill O'Brien comes back and they work together. Um, you know, so that's a possibility, but I to believe he'll he'll probably retire and then at that point in time yeah it, it's probably time to rebuild
1: yeah i think it's it's reload or rebuild for this year i think if you bring tom brady back you get we'll we will see what jason like does does he bring in the pieces to reload enough to actually contend to a super bowl with what we have or if it doesn't work out i think we start rebuilding it. and i think jason likes on the hot seat i think uh you know, with this kind of coaching staff already having its own troubles and him being so tied to Arians and Bowls and that kind of coaching staff, I think it's a total rebuild from GM all the way down. Um, and that's going to take some time. So We're going to have to look forward to the draft on that because I think this whole season has made us aware of all of the positions that we need to address uh, with all of the contracts that are coming up as well. So uh, we'll have to be looking for the draft and seeing uh, whether it trades up or trade down what we're going to do there. So I think this is a a pivotal year for Jason. Light, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Never forget Aguayo. So, I mean, he's always on the hot seat and then I will add uh, the Glazers. They're selling controlling stake of Manchester United or in the process of doing that. So, I think that should signal a renewed focus. Maybe that they're in the appetite for change. Maybe light is on the hot seat, as Ryan suggested, and they clean house because they've. It sounds like they're punting on on Man United, and so if the only egg left in your basket is Tampa Bay, maybe you should put all your focus on that. And clearly, this team is either at <laughs> you either somehow make another push with a 46-year-old quarterback and no cap space or you just you rebuild and tank next year the draft next year has got really good quarterback prospects i know I don't have a great history with that but i'm just saying i could support that if that's the direction well, they want to go
3: you know and it it, it what what leads me to believe that we might make one more shot at this coming season is that the following season is when we lose almost everybody. We're going to, I mean, you got Mike Evans, Shaq Mason, Devin white, Anton Winfield jr. Like all of those contracts are going to come up in that following season. So you're going to have to make some serious decisions. Then I believe Chris Godwin will also come up on the end of his three-year contract. Um, we're going to have some serious decisions to make when that time rolls around. We've got really one good season left out of these guys. I would like to see us take one more shot. And Tom Brady, at the end of the day, is a diva. He He's an absolute media hog diva. And I fully expect him to come out and say, oh, it's going to be my last rodeo. I'm going on one more tour. I'm gonna I'm gonna try one more. I I, there's no way he just walks off into the sun uh, into the sunset after getting clowned by Dak Prescott. I just he didn't blow up his marriage for for a seven and nine season. He's got one more in him. Eight and ten.
2: Okay. Yeah, uh, it's hard to envision Brady retiring on that note, right? Like the greatest of all time leaves with the dud of his career. <laughs> I uh, I agree with you, John. Maybe he does come back for one, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, obviously, um, I agree with John, the fact that the players for the most part are still the same players that were part of a Super Bowl team and a 13-win team, um, but obviously did not perform to their capabilities this year. Who knows? Maybe we have a healthier season in 2023. Players that didn't p- perform up to their standards play a lot better next year. Uh, maybe bowls grow some balls for Ryan and uh changes his approach. But <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. This is a pivotal year coming up. Um, and it all kind of hinges on Brady's decision. And if he does decide to either retire or not to play here, um you know, I don't know if you might just see a possibility of a Derek Carr coming in for one season to see what he can do. Um, and if he can't get it done, then yeah, it's it's time to blow it up.
1: Yeah, this is all great questions going into the off season, And uh, I'm sure we're going to have it down the line. I know we are going to see each other next time on the draft episode before draft. So we're looking forward to that. But as we wrap up this season for the buck bros episode, I just want to get one more thing from you guys, the farewell to the buck bro faithfuls and your season thoughts End of season thoughts, just wrap it up for us in a nice sentence. How was the 2022 season from the buck bros perspective?
3: I love bucks football. There's very few things that I love more in this world than bucks football. And so I'll always enjoy watching bucks football and you know, win or lose, I've watched a lot of games. And so this season for me was no heartbreaking than any other. And, you know, as far as the Buck Bros go, we have some international Buck Bros around the world in France and in Belgium and in Italy. And then this past week, we got a listener from Nigeria in Lagos who went back and re-downloaded every episode. So, you know, it's everybody who's out there listening. Thanks for sticking
2: with us. And I hope you love Bucks football as much as I do. Yeah, first and foremost, I want to thank all the loyal broadcasters that have listened to us all season, and we really thank you for your support, and for anyone new just tuning in after uh, a crushing defeat, uh, you know, please subscribe, and we're obviously going to, you know, do this every season, but yeah, to wrap up the 2022 season, I, I think the word that we've thrown around is um, a little disappointing, didn't meet expectations, but um, but as a Bucks fan since 1999, um, you know, anytime, like I said, you win the division and can host a playoff game, those are few and far between. So, um, you know, it's been another great season, I think, for us personally. Uh, for the Bucks, you know, I, I always enjoy watching Bucks football. I'm a diehard, passionate fan, will be for life. So I look forward to talking with you guys for the preview of the draft episode here in a few
0: months yeah i don't have the podcast analytics in front of me so i don't know who's listening from where. but um that's the thank you yeah that sounds cool um as bucks fans since 1998 uh since the inaugural game at raymond james stadium obviously like it's three years of playoffs in a row it's back-to-back division titles it's something that's happened very infrequently. The majority of our lives as Bucks fans have been frustrating. It's kind of refreshing to watch a shitty offense because that's kind of like my roots, our roots, Bucks roots. Like twenty points used to be, you know, a pipe dream. Like, come on, let's just hold them to ten and see what we can do. So, it's it's definitely disappointing, though. Uh, it's we're only two years removed from Super Bowl. The core has been the same, so it's it's frustrating to see the team just degrade the way they have, and it's such a steep decline this season. But looking at it with the context of this franchise and what it's been known for and the records they've set in the wrong way, it's still a successful year. I mean, there are only 14 teams that make the playoffs. So the majority of the league is bummed anyhow. So, and realistically, only, only two teams really have something to celebrate at the end of the season. It's either the, you win the Super Bowl or you have the first overall pick. So most of the league is not happy at the end of the year. I'm glad we lost early. As Steve Young once said, "It's it's better to lose early in the playoffs because the later you lose, the more heartbreaking it is. Because that would be really devastating to get close again, as, as close as we did last year. So at least we know what's wrong with the team. We can assess it, and move forward.
1: I just wanted to thank everybody who's listened. Uh, you know, stuck with us throughout the season. If you're just joining, if you joined early on, even if you've been a Buck Bros since we started back in twenty what seventeen, I think it was twenty eighteen. Um, okay. Twenty twenty. But I, I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I want to say thank you to all the listeners, the people who just hang out with us and talk Bucks football. Um, the season for me actually brought us back, brought me back to the old Buck days of of sharing our frustrations with the team, and uh, it, it kind of was a little nostalgic just talking about it and uh, kind of struggling through on that end, obviously not nostalgic in the fact that we made the playoffs for the third straight year, as you said. So always great to make the playoffs, especially when you get a home game at Raymond James. You just wanted to end it on a better note, Um, but we'll have the opportunity to do that next season. So with this, I want to thank everybody for listening, joining us this season. Uh, We'll be out with our next episode uh, before the draft. I don't think they've set a draft date yet. If they have, let me know but april i know know, yeah i know it'll be in (laughs) april i just don't know the date so buck bros look for us before the draft uh we'll try to get it a week before but guys for the last time this season
0: go bucks
2: go bucks i believe the draft is thursday april 27th by the way april
0: 2019
1: there we go get geared up buck bros
0: It was that a succinct closing thought? Because that that sounded long-winded as hell. Um, I, know, no I was bucks, pulling up so. the map
2: statistics that John sent over so that we all now have them in. Is that the Philippines, I see? Is that is that a listener in the Philippines? It's the You've Northern Mariana Islands. Oh, okay, okay. Oh,
0: that's good. I don't know how to speak Tagalog, so I'm glad it's not.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, they speak French there, actually. And, uh yeah it's a uh, we we have some we have some listeners and then we've got listeners in San Francisco and in obviously in Tampa and Bradenton and Gainesville we've got listeners in in Boston we we have some we have some listeners and and it's been fun and I look forward to doing a better job next season but that, that was perfectly succinct you know
2: yeah I would say nice thoughts Zach you know I think it was well said
0: long-winded as hell but all right (laughs) unfortunately that's all the time we have ryan i used up your air your uh your air time so
2: so as always (laughs) (laughs) as always